0: another episode of john's entitled podcast this episode's guest is uh is a really good one and it's a uh, it's been a long time coming for me to get this person on and it's none other than mr toby morrell mr bad christian himself and just uh just an all-around renaissance man as it were and speaking of renaissance men i have mr daniel terry with me how are you doing today
1: I'm doing good man the uh the sun's out right now, so you can actually see me I'm not just like a beard with a microphone attached to it <laughs> so that's, that works
2: out
0: yeah uh I gotta say this uh I think this is a podcast you and I have both been looking forward to to doing to getting out um i think uh if you are a fan of band-based interviews or even sort of just interviews uh, in the podcast format. Uh, Bad Christian has been one of those kind of golden benchmarks for a while as far as uh, just real honest, sincere conversations, especially with having musicians on and so forth. So uh, it was really awesome to be able to get Toby on. And uh, as you'll probably hear me say in the interview, uh, as we are recording this before we've done the interview, that uh, to, I owe a lot of what I've learned early on to do the podcast from Toby and Matt. Um, I had the Bad Christian Podcast uh, do a live podcast here at my house. You can go back through the archives and, and find uh, the one live from Grand Rapids that was uh, here in my basement. And, uh, you know, just kind of seeing the, the, the bare bones approach to the setup and just how easy it was. And, you know, it was one of those things where I kind of realized how that I could do this. And uh, Toby even helped me out when I started doing more Skype based interviews uh i didn't know what kind of software to use and and i will admit this now if you go back and listen to some of the first few interviews i did um literally i took my wife's ipad and i would skype somebody and i would put this the microphone to the ipad on the other end of the microphone i had so it, it was almost like we were sharing one microphone and that is literally how and i recorded into garage and that is literally how i did my podcasts oh wow Uh, I don't know if people can tell. (laughs) Uh, Usually the common sentiment was that uh, they could not tell uh, and that they were very shocked once I told them how ghetto-y I rigged my MacGyver setup for for a podcast.
1: Hey, you know what? You got to do what you got to do, especially in those early days. I mean, I had no idea what the hell I was doing, you know, just even, probably even a year ago, you know? The fact that I'm, like, even smart enough to get on Skype and talk to you, you know, like, (laughs) multiple times a week, it's like you know like I'm I'm totally shooting in the dark here um I just happen to be lucky enough to have a guy for that you know that's that's been my uh been my only claim to fame but uh even in the early days I remember us trying to figure out uh, I think the hard part was phone conversations we weren't smart enough to know how to do like we didn't we didn't know that you could just call people on skype <laughs> we thought we thought that you had to like you know so for a phone so we, like we installed I remember I spent I spent at least like four or five hours at Joe's house and we ran phone lines down into the studio and and everything and we, we have that really nice setup. And it's funny now because we, we've only ever used that like once or twice. Right. And any other time we're like it makes so much more sense just to use Skype. But uh yeah, you know, we are proud of that setup because <laughs> it sounds really good. <laughs> but it's just it's so antiquated and it doesn't matter, you know. And it's that kind of foresight, you know. You need somebody like a Toby to help you out on stuff like that, you know? Because uh you know, they are, when I started listening to the Bad Christian Podcast, I mean, I'd always been a fan of Emery, but the uh, the Bad Christian Podcast was kind of the first podcast I heard that was, like, really freeform, you know? Like, before that, it was very, like, a lot of podcasts were just, like, straight, you know, when did you get your first guitar? What is your first intro? Like, it was just, like, a rapid fire. It was like reading a magazine interview, but you would just hear it, you know? Um, but like with bad Christian, that, that opened the door to other types of more free form podcasts and is really kind of one of the podcasts that got me into wanting to do it, do it myself eventually.
0: Yeah. It's, uh, it's been a long journey, uh, listening to the bad Christian podcast grow, listening to, I mean, I think that's the thing that's kind of fun, especially once if you are a fan of a podcast and I guess it correlates too to a band, but when you follow something for a very long time or in its infancy phases, I guess, for speaking to the podcast, it was kind of fun to see the format as it kind of were slowly develop. Um, I think this podcast is, has got a format now. I think, you know, basically it's here's intro music, here's us blabbing for five, ten minutes and then an interview and then we talk more and then a the song plays and that's it. Like it, But it's funny that if you go back and listen to like my first couple episodes, it's like, it literally was just here's the interview <laughs> and that was it there was there was no i didn't know how to do other things i didn't know you know it's it's a learning curve it literally is a sonic learning curve that you are hearing someone figure out in real time or pseudo real time um but yeah you know like i said toby I remember having the hardest time figuring out what program works, what I should use. Everything points to different things. Other things say that, you know, contradict other articles. And, you know, and when all you're just trying to do is get a very basic understanding of what to do and how to do it the best you can for a, a nominal amount. And Toby's like, Oh, well, we use this program to record our Skype and FaceTime calls and I was like, Oh and it's yeah. like, you know, he didn't have to do that. Like any of the information that Toby has given me to to help my podcast, he didn't have to. I mean, I I almost equate it to, again, being in a band. Like, there are a lot, there are band people that will tell you, like, hey, by the way, um, look out for these things. Or, hey, don't, you know, don't play a show with these guys. Or, hey, play a show with these guys. Or, you know, the band. Never deal with
1: this promoter, John Beatty. Never, (laughs) never deal with him. Yeah. Yeah.
0: He pays you too much. Um, Right. (laughs) But it's one of those things where, uh, you know, To me, you see examples where people try to keep things close to their chest but don't want to give you any of the secrets that they've learned along the way. And that's fine. I totally understand it. Like, you know, you all learn your own things along the way and But at a certain point I think the humanity of it all is it's like it's a fucking podcast um there's there's no need to squirrel away your secrets uh about what you use to record as phone call because it's not like i'm gonna be like well now that i got this uh skype recording software like taking all your interviews away from you like no come on that ain't gonna happen
1: yeah i've got to like build a rapport with like all these labels and publicists and artists and you know but once i do that then i'll be fucking competition you know yeah like it's so funny to me um but you know what I in my experience I found that most of the people that I've worked with um yourself included John have always been very like willing to like dude let's all go out and be great together you know and uh and that's the attitude that I you know that I've really picked up from almost all the other podcasts I've worked with and um, you know even even the artists man like it, the idea that a lot of these artists are like dude if you could, if you ever need anything or you need a guest spot or you just want me to, you know, to to advertise some shit for you. Just let me know. You know. It's so, cool.
0: Speaking of advertising new things, uh, I would be remiss if I didn't bring up the controversies surrounding Emory's new album cover, uh, for Eve. Um
1: What do you want to talk about first? The butt crack or the or the rosary? <laughs>
0: I you know I was listening to the Bad Christian episode that they just dropped earlier today uh in regards to the album cover how it came about and so forth. Uh and we're definitely going to get into that with with Toby, but it's just one of those things where I mean sometimes you know to 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 quote another podcast I listen to uh the and uh, ass podcast with uh Jesse and Andy, uh Andy from E-Tid, You know, Jesse always makes the comment, you know, 2018, what a time to be alive, you know, and and he'll he'll reference something that's awesome that makes being alive right now really like, man, isn't it great that we live right now because of X, Y, and Z? And (laughs) to me, it's one of those things where it's like... It's 2018. Isn't it awesome that, like, you know, a band can still be making music that they love, like a band that, you know, means a lot to people, that they're still around, still making music that means something to them, means something to their fans. But then the juxtaposition of it is like, oh, well, there's there's a butt crack on this and my kids might see this. And it's like, come on, man. Like, there, well, that's because there are it's underwear all... ads on TV, like how sheltered do right. we need to be?
1: It's not shelter, man. And I, and I really, you know, I, I really hope that Toby wants to talk about this, but just like them being so tethered to the religious market is what's causing this. Like,
0: I Well, I wasn't say art. I mean, I guess we'll get into that with Toby, but I mean, I, sometimes I feel like for as much as, and sorry to cut you off too, um, for as much as it should be known where they stand on things and it's never doing anything to to just so radically go against religion, organized religion of any kind. I feel like there's always a thing where the point is, is it's supposed to kind of evoke something from you and make you question why you feel uncomfortable about it, which in the at the end of the day, 2018, if you can't, in light of the, the, this Kavanaugh shit that we just went through this past weekend or week, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, sometimes instead of pointing a finger outward and being like, how dare you do this? It's like, okay, well, how dare I what? Make you have to think about something? Make you question why you are so upset about a a naked back and a butt?
1: Yeah, and what I was surprised by, and yeah, I mean, I get your point too. Like, why are you so upset that you had to actually use some discernment? And you know what? Maybe your discernment says, you know what? I think it's trash that they did that, and you walk away from it. But, like... At least you made that decision yourself and it wasn't like a herd mentality kind of, you know, kind of thing. And that's what I see with a lot of stuff like this is just this this kind of herd mentality. Like everybody wants to, Christians especially, want to have a, they just want safe music to listen to. Like I want to listen to music that's a little edgy or, or I just like the tunes or whatever, but I want it to be totally safe. And, you know, a record, I mean, a record cover like that is not safe for that audience. In their mind. I think it's, I think it's a highly like, I think it's a very religious albu- album cover, to be honest. I like, Just looking at it, like the symbolism is like so, it's not on the nose, it's not cheesy, but it's just like, it represents exactly what the album is. Yeah. Hey, we have an album, it's called Eve, and Eve's on it. Well. Who was not, you know, clothed in the garden. Like, I mean, it's all there. Like, st- like, theologically, it's, it's on brand.
2: <laughs> like, yeah.
1: And that, that, that's the thing that I'm having trouble understanding why people are, are, I guess I'm not surprised by it, but like, I don't know, just having, it's weird. we'll, we'll, we'll get into it with him, but yeah, <laughs> Like, Um, yeah. go ahead.
0: I was going to say, I guess, uh, maybe that's a good place to end this. Let's get into our conversation with Mr. Toby Morrell of Emory and the bad Christian podcast. <laughs> have the pleasure this evening i'm talking with mr toby Morell, who is one third of the bad christian podcast a hundred percent of the unstoppable badass podcast and vocalist for emory for matt and toby and if you ever caught his chart-topping christian single <laughs> how are you doing this evening doing
3: really good thanks for having me guys
0: yeah. So the reason you're here is to talk about Emery's upcoming release, Eve, uh, which comes out on November 9th, uh, which is just coming out through Bad Christian Records, correct? Or Bad Christian yeah. Music?
3: Yeah. We. Uh, so this was the second—well, uh, I, I guess it's not the second. We uh, Second full-length, I guess, we've released with Emery. We, we've released some uh, like remix albums and a few different things here and there through, our, through Bad Christian. We were thinking about making it—it it was— I guess it is still uh, kind of considered our own label, but we realize it's extremely hard to even break even trying to put out bands and music. It's really <laughs> hard. Like, uh, it, it, like we try to give really good deals to bands and then we, we end up with tons of merch sitting in our garage and not uh, uh, like a lot of records and CDs and stuff like that. It's just hard to do that. So if you have a huge roster, I can see, you know, you can take some hits here and there, but like us, we kind of just have to put out bands that – we call them like legacy bands, like bands that have been around for a while. We know that we, they can sell at least this much so we can order and get our numbers right because really, it's really a numbers game, Like, especially now with vinyl because mm-hmm. vinyl is so important to a lot of people. But if you don't sell it all, it just sits in your garage, and it does get worse. Like a CD will last – who knows? They'll probably be here you know after the asteroid hits, but, but a vinyl <laughs> – a vinyl starts you know it could warp it could get you know so you got to be really careful with that stuff especially if you have leftover stuff so um yeah but this is the second This is a long answer sorry no, that's it's, fine. Fine. A, it's uh, a podcast. <laughs> it, it's the uh second full length that we have done we crowdfunded both of them and it's, it's worked out pretty good it's a lot of work a lot of promotion uh, you know on our end but it's all worth it you kind of get to do what you want so
0: you know i kind of wanted to I, I guess let's uh talk a little bit about the crowdfunding this is the second record that you guys have crowdfunded um having had some bands on that have done the crowdfunding thing a common sentiment between them is that basically it's more of an undertaking than they had anticipated due to the taxes that get taken out of it the fulfillment of the perks and so forth so with this being the second one and with this being the second record that you've done for emory what did you learn from the first one that you were able to apply to run this one more smoothly and successfully
3: um, that's a good question. I won't say we've uh, we learned that it's really hard, and there's no way around it. So I will say that like, <laughs> like, and, and it is really expensive. It's funny, like uh, both both of our crowd funds got over a hundred thousand dollars. Like we asked for fifty thousand dollars to make a record, and uh, we both got over a hundred thousand dollars, which is awesome. Like this last one maybe hit one hundred twenty. I'm not sure. It's around that, and that sounds so. awesome so great and you know from the outside looking in i can see the person going man man y'all made a lot of money you know it's only this much to make a record and you know you can even make a record in your basement whatever but i mean (laughs) it is unlimited cost constantly like we do all the flying from to to uh uh, to the where we're going to record we hire everybody we do all that like just today we just bought eighteen hundred dollars worth of uh cardboard boxes uh vinyl boxes to ship the vinyl just the boxes alone were eighteen hundred dollars just a ship, you know, when, when to do some of the fulfillment. So the fulfillment really gets you one, I guess one of the things we learned from the first one was to minimize our fulfillment packages because it gets too crazy. Like the more crazy you get, then you got this weird thing, you know, th- there's this weird heavy pin that adds, you know, a weird dimension to a box so that you can't do it or you can't do it in a bag, you have to do it in a box or whatever it might be. <laughs> so you oh. have to kind of take in consideration like what you're shipping to people because it can get really crazy. Like it really can And I, you want to do great packages and you want to do fun stuff for people, but it can get so overwhelming, the overhead with that. Cause you're, I mean, the, the boxes alone, like I just said, we just spent $1,800 just on the cardboard boxes for the vinyl. That's not including the shipping that we'll have to pay uh to ship those things what else goes in there the weights are always different and then the real one that really gets you um the biggest lesson is anybody outside of america golly it costs a lot of money to ship good Mm -hmm. lord and as soon as it leaves america you have no idea if it's ever going to get there or not like if like you just hope you know there's tons of times. i'd probably say once or twice a month we get like a email from like uh you know england or uh, uh australia or something like that and they go. Uh, I ordered something uh, about six months ago and never got it. We're like, we sent it. I'm and, sorry, and we, man. Yeah. yeah, there's nothing we can do. And sometimes we'll take the hit and reship it. But sometimes, I mean, it's like $35 sometimes to ship. It's like, holy crap! If you had ten of those, that's a really expensive to send. You know, uh, a CD. <laughs>
0: you
3: mean well, yeah, com doesn't uh, doesn't help with that? Stamps.com. We use Stamps.com actually. It does help. Does it? uh, Well, the reason it helps us a lot is because we do everything like uh, right now. My wife and I actually handle all our shipping, and uh, it's worked out because we can do everything from our house and then just drop it off. So it really is pretty helpful in that way. Like we just we do all the uh, weight stamps, everything from there, and then do it and then just drop it off instead of having to wait through a line. Because the first time. So we did it, we didn't use Stamps.com, and (laughs) Matt and Reva stayed at the uh, post office literally like hours just going through each package, each package. Oh, that was a nightmare for sure. I've only had to ship out vinyl on occasion, and
0: I've I've been burned when I thought it was going to cost something, and then I look at them like... I need to fill out a customs form for this. (laughs) Uh, And I don't know how to actually write this address. And and whatever this, like, I think I sent one to like Russia and I was like, I think that's how you write an address in Russian. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know.
3: Exactly. One of the things about vinyl, too, that's what's so crazy. I've been a proponent of vinyl for a long time because I'm like, okay, you get something where the artwork's bigger. The whole piece of, you know, the instrument that you're using to play your music with is really cool. I love the sound of vinyl but now have after having shipped it now for the like the last year or so <laughs> ah, golly, it makes me not like it as much it re- you know i don't mind ordering a vinyl i love getting a vinyl in the mail yeah. do not want to ship them hardly anymore cuz it's just so much you have to think about and do that that's what and as you guys know i mean every vinyl company's like backed up for months oh, yeah. so you yeah. like you have to take that like we're trying to get our record done just so we can make it on the vinyl deadline. You know what I mean? Like if we don't make, if we don't get the record done by this week, then the vinyl might not even make it by the time we need to do our fulfillment. It really sucks.
0: Wow.
1: Yeah. And they'll send you an email like, you know, or a call you or something like a day before, you know, you're expecting your shipment or whatever. And it will yep. be like, Hey, it's going to be another month. Like right. I've seen that. I've seen that happen with bands before. And right. then you got to And then you got to get online and do all this damage control. And exactly. you know, it's, it's a nightmare, but I mean, it's worth it. I think like, cause me being a big vinyl guy, it's like I need, like, when I get that stuff in the mail, you like, I'm a little worried, you know, like, how long has this been outside on my front porch? How long is it, you know, right. all that stuff. And, I mean, I've gotten vinyl before that's warped, you know, like, yeah. whether it was just in a hot mail truck or if it was, you know, so that packaging can't be cheap. I mean, I know for a while I was selling it to people with pizza box. Like, I'd go to a pizza place and be like, hey, can I get, like, a couple of extra large pizza boxes from me? You know, They just wrap right. it up. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's definitely... <laughs> gotta be a nightmare yeah Uh,
3: it is worth it though you're right like i i wouldn't trade it i I love vinyl and i'm glad it's really made this strong comeback i just hope more vinyl companies start happening because i don't think it's going away and it's you know it's it's, it's a great
0: way have you looked into third man records down there
3: uh i'm not sure i forget i even forget the name we work with Uh, our guy's been really good well we did a uh one of one of our living room shows with him john we did a living room show with you one time but we did a uh Matt and Toby living room show uh, with this guy, Daniel Dopp. And so he's been handling all our vinyl for a while. He, we, we've probably switched a couple of companies, a company here or there. But the company we're with now, I wish I could say I can give them some pub. They've been pretty good to us. So
0: There you go. I mean, the best part about this uh, this new vinyl will be that you can have the most controversial Emory album cover enlarged. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Apparently it in is,
1: <laughs> oh, I'm putting I'm putting it on my wall. Like that's not you in know. front of
3: your kids? You're gonna put it <laughs> in front of your to. kids?
1: Dude, my wife is an art major. Like my kids are no um no stranger <laughs> to nudity, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, like I mean we're like a Christian household, but you know, there's there's a certain sense of like art and appreciation for things like that. And um what I found really interesting actually when I was because I was like as soon as as soon as it went up. You know, I'm like reading the comments, you know, like make yeah. myself a tub of popcorn, <laughs> you know, right. just crack open a beer and just read, you know, read those comments. Right. And uh, the thing that I thought was the most interesting is that, yeah, I mean, obviously you're going to get your expected people being like, well, this is just tasteless trash or this is, right. you know, or, you know. But what I found the most interesting is that, they're like, people had more of an issue with the fact that she was wearing a rosary.
3: Oh, than I know. Isn't that crazy?
1: That's just I was like, wow, really? Like, you're you're like. Focusing in on like the one religious symbol on on the right. thing, and and that's actually the thing that you're more upset about. Uh yeah. I found that. Uh, I just found that wild. Like, it, just
3: it, it was funny. We 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 talked about it. we we actually talked about this on our recent episode of a, a Bad Christian podcast. But um, it, it's funny because I saw I, I called Matt today. I have been more affected by the comments this time than I thought I would be, which is funny because I'm usually uh you know i i usually just go hard ass and like you know screw you 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 know you think i'm stupid well you're stupid or something like that but i'm i guess i'm getting old <laughs> i guess i'm getting old and i don't do that as much i still mess with people a little bit i'll do a joke here and there but it's funny because i'm not mad at people because i understand where they came from because that's where i came from like i came from very strict very conservative christian family Like my, i'm sure like my my family thinks I'm really lost. Like I know they, they I mean they don't talk about it to me. It just they just go well. It doesn't even matter, I guess. But like they must think I I don't even know what they think about this record. But I mean it's funny because this is the first time where I realized maybe like well, I've heard you know like Sam Harris or maybe some you know prevalent Richard Dawkins or some prevalent atheist say you know well the reason why Christianity is bad is because it's held back a lot of progress and this is the first time i was like oh i'm really i really do understand that like we are in 2018 where we are literally trying to be creative and we're, we're working to a world where maybe all of us will be able to pursue art and creativity and and uh our passions and it, it boils down to somebody saying that a like a somebody's butt crack could cause them to go to eternal damnation and i'm like it's it's crazy because you're right like what the thought here is can you not look at the human body as art and if you can't that isn't about the art that is 100 percent. that means the art totally did its job it shook you so badly that you you can't do anything like it, it messed with you so much like that, that, isn't that what art supposed to do move you so strongly like it did that this this record cover which is uh, you know for the people out there hadn't heard it or seen it it's it's a lady facing away from the camera. She is naked, but it's done very tastefully. We didn't even do the art. We we had no idea it was even going to be like that. We, we got a uh, an artist to do it for us. And um, it's crazy because we never expected there to even be nudity. I didn't – like when we were talking to him, he's an awesome photographer. Um, Chris McConnelly, I think is his name. I'll look it up here in a second. I'm terrible at names in memory. Sorry. Um uh, I don't even know the, the name of the guy that did our, re- our record. In ter- <laughs> uh, I do. I do. But um, so he we never even thought to tell him no nudity because we just figured nobody's going to do that. And then he did it. And we were I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Not once did I think, oh, I'm going to masturbate this. That wasn't my thought. You know what I mean? That, that never crossed my mind. My mind was, whoa, what is this thing? What is this picture here saying to me? Like, what what is this? Like, I mean, I, I had to think about it and I was like, that's really awesome. You know, a, a lot of our artwork on the other Emory Records, I think, has been really cool. And you go, oh, that's neat. That's awesome. But this one, this artwork, you have to wrestle with it or you have to not even look at it. That's that's pretty amazing. Like, you don't get that a lot with album artwork anymore. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, sometimes there's been, a, a you know, some album artwork that has spoken to me or it meant something or that's what I think of, you know, when I when I think of an album, maybe. But this one, I was like, it is going to cause you to have a reaction no matter what. So at least that means something. At least that means the art was worth it. You know what I mean? Instead, it should have just been a you know a silver CD, and who cares about the art? Either you care about having art on a CD or uh, an album or you know record, or you don't. So I think that's what's kind of cool about this. But it is it it really does bum me out. I guess the reason I've been feeling so emotional about it is it just feels like are I mean are we so uh, quick to just shut everything down that there, that you can't have m- movement that you can't have progress like that you can't like move on and go okay yeah there was this time where the, you know we dehumanized people or it was this and this but now we're moving on to where the, yeah art can be the human body it can be all these things I don't know so it just kind of made me feel like man where a lot of the things I were t- like I still believe in Jesus I'm still a Christian that's not going anywhere but Christianity. As the religion is really feels like, man, it is holding people back. Like it's going to force its opinion down your throat, as opposed to just listen for a minute. Just, just take a moment and say, why in the world would Emory do this? Not a I mean, I got a personal message today. I got a DM. I've been getting several, but to just today, those demon guy messages. Goes, the, I, the guy, I guess he was from another country. It was a very strange name. I couldn't even like it was a different language. Um, but he said, please reconsider your art, uh, many men will stumble and you're going to cause them to do this. Please, please let, hear me just, to, and I was like, who are these guys that you know that, uh, at, at, that would masturbate so quickly or, or lust so quickly <laughs> at this, I'm mean, especially when you can, I mean, easily at any moment, if that's what you're going to do, at least go get something better than that.
2: Right. You, know, right. You,
3: you can go to any, how many websites are there? If you have to have lust and masturbate and think sexual thoughts about, well, at least go to a place where it's a, you know, you get your preferences met. Right. Not, I mean, not, not this one that's talking about, you know, the idea of Eve and what it means for the vulnerability of nudity and what that means to uh, women in general and, and how women have been treated and the sin that was, that was uh, thrust into the world through women. But then we, you know, all the whole idea, all, whatever thoughts, I don't even want to put the thoughts in people's heads that what I want you, everybody to think what they think about the album. But it's just interesting that it, it's so many people like that guy from another country who probably hasn't listened to our band since Walls had to write <laughs> me today. <laughs> so that's awesome. OK, you haven't cared about our band probably in a decade. But this is at least now we did something that made you have to write me from another country. OK, I'll take it.
1: Well, and I'm not nearly as organized as John, but I did have because John's got like he's got a notebook with all of his questions written down yeah. like a boy's nice. guy. Yeah, he's, you know, he's it's the reason it's John's Untitled podcast and not and not Dan's Untitled podcast. Um uh, but one of the things that I wanted to make sure that I did ask was you know, with everything that you've done um with with Bad Christian, with Emory, I mean even even with Emery's a lot of Emery's lyrics and um I've always gotten the impression that the goal was to change perception, change, you know, kind of like, because sometimes I joke, I always say, you know, well, the Bad Christian Podcast is pr- the professional shit disturber podcast, you know. Right. But I don't really see it as that, as much as just trying to change perceptions. So I guess, um, is there kind of a feeling, like, do you feel like that is something that is still very much a work in progress in changing perceptions? Because whenever you get kicked, because you'd mentioned that, you know, the comments got to you a little bit more this time than they normally would. Um, do you think that, you know, that, do you feel like it's been successful changing perceptions i guess or you sometimes worry that like oh man it doesn't matter what i say it doesn't matter how hard we try there's still going to always be these people out there yeah. uh, they're going to push are going to push back
3: i think what i'm learning uh, i guess i'll answer that question two two ways one one thing i'm learning is that i always thought in terms of where who's on your side maybe that's just because I grew up in the South and maybe that's, just, but I, I think in terms like that, okay, well, these people, we are in a group or this is my tribe or whatever it might be. You hear that, that word thrown around a lot as well. Oh, this is my tribe. This is my crew. This is my group or whatever. Um, I don't very recently. Even I've just been thinking that that's not as true as you think. Like it, it, whatever you, you might agree on something, but there's definitely several things that you will disagree with no matter what, whoever it is and wherever you are, and there's some beauty in that, really. Uh, and I'm glad it, it is a little scary because it's easier, and it's maybe the lazier way, but it's definitely easier to go. Oh, this is my crew; these are my people. We think the same, so that's my team. But when even your team, you can't totally like. They, like I was, I was looking, thinking about it today, just with this album artwork. I think if you asked every single member of Emory, uh, really, like they might not give you the truth; they give me the truth. I was thinking if I asked every <laughs> single person in Emory, uh, they they each would have a different answer about our artwork, and they, it might even be similar in lots of ways. But there would be some differences that might would be surprising, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and then the other thing too is I think, not so much. I don't think if we've changed people, but I will say that I think that we gave people a voice that there is something maybe different. Like it, it's not it isn't just those red and blue states or Christian non-Christian or there's so much more uh, complexity to this life and and uh, I think we've been diminishing it way too long like I don't think I can necessarily change anybody's mind but what I can do is go as far as I can go and that opens up a little bit of breathing room for them to go well I won't go that far but I I kind of can go here you know I, that's one of the things about the bad Christian podcast that I think's been cool we the number one comment we've always got is I don't agree with everything they say <laughs> but and I, I I know when somebody's saying that, they have to do that disclaimer because some of the stuff we say is messed up. It's fucked up. It's not good. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, that, that does mean, Hey, they're kind of with us and they're glad maybe we're around because if I can go as, you know, if I'm a Christian and I can go as far as I possibly can with cussing or all, uh, I just, I hate even using this, the cussing one, but just with things in general that have seemed to be uh, on the edge or the fringe of Christianity, if you can just keep pushing those boundaries, that will allow somebody that would never even get close to those boundaries a little bit of space to go. Well, I do think this might be okay, or maybe I can sit with this person and and talk for a little bit. Maybe I don't have to just immediately go pick it or be angry like that. That's the thing, you know. And that's not necessarily me changing them, but it's actually just giving them a little bit of space to go. Okay, well, I can think about that. And and when I when we do that, that's that's exactly the best thing. I, I, I'm so happy. That is the case because a lot of people look at our podcast. Oh, that's just guys that, you know, they, they're like uh, Christian Howard Stern. They cuss and make sex jokes and dick and fart jokes and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, it is so much more complex than that. I know what I'm doing. I It, it, it was a risk for us to start cussing on our podcast. As stupid as that sounds, that was a risk because we're in the Christian charts. We're, our name is Bad Christian. We, in fact, are Christians, And for us to cuss wasn't the way to make money. If we wanted to make money, we could have gone way harder right, been way more hidden, and it would have worked because churches would have started giving us money. We, I mean, it's not like the churches ever, uh, in general, ever run out of money. People are willing to – do. I mean, we don't – most people run away from us. They don't want to – the, the big-time Christian world doesn't even want to touch us. Um, we, we're, we're more of a niche than anything else. But we decided, hey, we'll, we'll take a risk here. We'll be as open and transparent, honestly, as we can – So that uh, maybe somebody else could be, because that's that's the biggest thing about Christian. That's the biggest thing about even about our album artwork. Are we really saying like when the guy that wrote me or whatever are are we saying that uh, Christian guys just cannot control themselves? Like, don't Emery, please don't put a picture of a naked woman on the cover because Christian men cannot have any control and they will masturbate or rape or what are you actually saying? Because that's the implication there no atheist wrote me going, man, I'm really struggling with this. This go. Okay. It's the album. Cool. Move on. Well, you know it's I mean? weird.
1: It's weird to me that men didn't masturbate or rape or anything like that before this album cover was released.
2: <laughs> that's, that's,
1: you know what I mean? So, I mean, right. it, you know, like what, what percentage of men like is, and they're going to say, you know, young men or teenage boys, you know, and I can tell you that, if in absence of anything else, if you have decided to masturbate, a bowl of fruit's going to work just as good for you as, uh, an apple pie. Uh, as a as a nudie mag or a, yeah. or, an, or an apple pie.
3: <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and also clothes don't stop you from lusting. Right. I mean, they don't. That has never worked in the history of the world. Anyway, also I sound like I'm. I, I get excited when I talk, so I'm not mad at these folks. Like I said, I was there. Very recently, very recently, to where there was there was thought. Matt and I were talking today. Uh, we we had Pete Holmes, the comedian, on our podcast, and he was talking about having a Playboy or something around, and I was like, Ugh, I don't know what he's. I mean, that was like two years ago, and I was just like, and and I'm not saying I'm pro Playboy, but where my brain has changed now. Hopefully, I have new neural pathways. To uh, at least go, wait a minute, Pete Holmes. What's he trying to say here? Let me think about at least what he's saying and what he means, and what what is he talking about sexuality? Like, there's more complexity in saying I have a Playboy than it's just oh yeah, look at her big boobs. there's just more complexity there. Now it can be that too, of course. And, and guys love looking at naked women and jerking off and all that stuff. I, I get it. I'm not, I'm not a fool. But if maybe we start with like you said, like a guy wrote me today on Twitter, or whatever, um, you were saying. Uh, how you you might have nudity up on a wall in front of your kids. What better way to show people, hey, a body isn't just for sex or just for lusting. It actually is beautiful and meaningful and powerful, and there's something artistic about it. And, oh, yeah, our God made it. Like, let's start there instead of don't look at it, don't look at it, don't look at it, because you (laughs) cannot help yourself. I mean, let's at least start on the beauty side and the love side and the respect side. I mean, that would be so much better for men and women, of course. Kind anyway.
0: of uh, the last couple of things on the actual album cover, and we'll get to the actual music yeah, yeah, within, yeah. behind <laughs> behind the, the sorcery of the naked woman. Um, you know, to me, looking at Emery's discography, to me this is the most visually striking album cover since I'm Only a Man, because I'm Only a Man, especially if you got that nice, like, digipack-type version of it where it was like a, a – uh, chromish looking album yeah. cover. It literally was forcing you to, to look in the mirror is, it's kind of how I yeah, interpreted yeah. it. I was yeah. going to say,
1: John, I'm pretty sure I was on that album cover. <laughs> That's just my, just my face. Yeah. You know? right.
0: Um, but you know, to me, like you were saying, and like you said on the podcast, uh, that you guys released today, the back Christian podcast, um, you know the point of an album cover really is kind of to to evoke something that goes along with the album and kind of make you want to figure out how it all ties to me how it all ties together with the the bigger narrative of of what's being within the package yeah. and so when i kind of was looking at the new album cover you know obviously it evokes a very visceral reaction whether it's one of i'm startled there's a naked person on or more to the point like Dan and i were talking before you came on where it's like okay Let's look at all the other things that are in this album and on the, on the album artwork and and taking into consideration when you listen to the record, like how do these pages that are torn, how does that apply to something maybe that you're saying, how does the veil, like, is that a metaphor for like how we veil ourselves or, you know, all these things like, and I think that's been kind, like there's been a couple of people in reading the comments who kind of are going that route with it where it's like, okay, let's really, no pun intended, break it down and (laughs) (laughs) let's break it down and try to figure out maybe there's more symbolism here than we're not getting at first glance. And to me, I think that's a thing where when I saw the album artwork, when I got the record, even just in a little file, you know, it made me really interested to want to pay closer attention to the rest of the thing that went into you making this album, because to me, that's the important thing. And I think that's the thing that's kind of lost right now. Um, But something I kind of wanted to know is, you know, you had said that this had a completely different album uh, title. It was what lonely gods. Was that what it was called? Or the Lonely gods. Yeah. And so obviously seeing this album artwork before it officially became your album artwork moved you enough to completely change your concept of what the record was going to be called at that point. I assume all the music and stuff was done, but To me, I think that's a bigger thing that hasn't really necessarily been talked about is, is how even this thing moved you to change your perspective of what the record meant to you at that point to where you would now rename it something different to reflect this album cover in, in relation to the, the rest of the music within.
3: Yeah, that's a great point. Um you're right. Like we, we had tossed around a few different names, and then we were like, okay, we'll do Lonely Gods, but nobody felt like it totally captured what we were trying to do for the record. And then uh, when this artwork came along, it just felt so vulnerable, and it was so current, too. Like, the idea of a of, of a person with no clothes is, especially a female, uh, in this day and age. I mean, it's always been this way, but now it's such a poignant uh topic and it's it's in in our culture right now almost couldn't have a bigger subject than how are we treating people you know what i mean like that that maybe i I feel like we've had these thoughts and maybe even discussions for years decades centuries but this is a time where people really do want real change and so when i saw the the photograph and uh i do have the guy's name that did it I, i actually ended up finding him i just i was I typed in something. Maybe I typed in "lonely gods" or I typed in something like about loneliness, or I forget what it was. But uh, Christopher McKinney, and you can find him online. He's an awesome photographer. Um, he had a, he had several different pictures, and that and what was really funny. The first picture that I loved of his was just a suitcase with like a balloon hanging, and then there was a balloon with a noose around it. And it just felt so empty and uh so uh, it spoke so much but there wasn't much there i mean just a balloon with a noose i was like man what does that even mean it had me thinking and then so that's why we had him uh do it but when i saw that i was like man so much of my faith is built upon this woman and her sin but it's my sin and what does that mean and like what what does it mean to literally like uh if, if you notice especially in the comments people go they they were naked and they were ashamed. People really put emphasis on that shame part. And how dark is that, man? Shame's like maybe one of the heaviest, worst things on earth. Like, I mean, it destroys you. It gets you. When, when you are uh, you know, a victim and then you, you have to live in shame as well. Or when you screw up and then you have shame and you just can't shake it, it felt so strong and it really did feel vulnerable. It feels like you are naked, like it something could get you from any direction and then you have no protection and you're just in the middle of nowhere. And the and the deep woods have always been like uh, really inspiring to me or scary or uh, so filled with imagination you know, or it fills me with imagination of what is in you know in those woods and, and where is it taking you and, and it's like. Uh, kind of a, a, a destination that you can go to in there that you don't even know. Like it's still untraveled um, w- where you're headed. So all of that did kind of shake me a little bit. And my initial thoughts were too, it was like, oh man, I just don't even know if I want to deal with them with people's you know, comments. I don't even know. But man, if, like I said before, if, if art really does matter, then it has to matter. And so it's worth a few people saying, you know, talking shit online, which is so hilarious, like that you would be, you know, like you're really taking a stand by going to a band's Instagram and posting, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> well, you know what I mean, I mean? Y- like, how did often yeah. they go to you know to all the other like there's a lot better places to stop sex problems in the world than Emery's Instagram, just in case. I, I would I'd go there last. You know what I mean? <laughs> you might could go to well, you that's know, after sex you trafficking, me, you know, uh, uh, you could go to, you know, the dark web and, and send a mean email there first, right? <laughs> Something.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, there is a certain sense of God. Am I ready to really, am I ready to fight this battle, you know, right. over right. this, but it's also one of those, I mean, your album cover could have been a picture of you guys hanging out with Jesus right? <laughs> and people would have still talk shit on it. Now yeah. it's, now it's too religious. You know, yeah. you guys are coming across way too heavy handed on this or, you know, yeah. you can take it you can take it in any, any direction you really want to. Um, but I mean, one thing I was surprised by too is there is there is still a lot of positive. Oh, um, I know, way you know. more positive than negative for sure. Absolutely, you know. But um, you know, as you far know,
3: as I, far I, I was, I, I was going to say this one last thing too. Sorry, um, it's, it. I do want to make clear, like there was a guy that wrote us today and said, "Listen, I have such a bad uh, porn problem that it almost ruined my marriage, and my wife and I have been working forever, going through therapy, and and all kinds of stuff. I just don't want this in my house. So I love your band." Totally fine. Do what you guys want to do, but just don't like he supported the band. Said don't send me the the physical copy because I just I just can't have that in my house right now or whatever. I understand what that dude's doing. I'm not going to send an alcoholic a bottle of whiskey, uh, you know, as a as a gift, you know, or or whatever it might be. Like if you don't want that, like I can understand that. Uh, And we said, hey, we can send you just the the hard copy CD. You don't have to have the artwork. No problem. I mean, the only thing that's even possibly risque is the very very front cover of the album nothing else that contains anything but just nature and trees and and stuff and the lyrics so uh so i understand where that guy's coming from and i appreciated his uh explaining and say hey listen i understand this this and this but here's where i'm at yeah of course i don't i don't want to impose myself on on you that's totally fine as a result have you
0: guys or were was there even a debate of having a quote-unquote censored version of the record album
3: We've tossed around the idea of also sending a uh, sleeve like, or something, or or a sticker that says "Safe for Christians" that you can stick on there, or an Emery sticker, <laughs> like the the uh, the warning sticker, you know, uh, you know, something like that. that says Emery. We might end up doing that, and uh, just because people might think it's funny too, so you can stick a sticker over that part and make it a, make you, it a big Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. yeah. We should do different colors and yeah. <laughs> Let your kids play with it. Right. <laughs> I mean, that's not that funny though. Like my daughters play with naked Barbies constantly. My son's always around those. Don't think a thing about it. And at some point, like, are we going to say, "Hey, now you have to really think about it"? And I just, I just want to be careful with that.
1: Now concerning the actual music on the record, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, admittedly, I only had time last week to listen to it one time. No worries. And um, but you know, something that me and John were were knocking back and forth is just like, it's kind of nice now to be an adult. Like, don't get me wrong; I can still I can I can still go back and listen to the Week's End and really enjoy it. But it's only because I remember being in, you know, high school drama class, you know, listening to it on, you know, that sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not that the old records aren't enjoyable, but I can't relate to them anymore. You know what I mean? Like not on that level. And, uh, you know, something something John actually said was, man, it's really nice to have a band that we've been listening to forever put out a record that has grown up with us. And you're putting out the type of music now that we can appreciate as older, you know, as older yeah. people. I'm not necessarily old folks, but, you know, like... No, no yeah,
3: no, uh, I, yeah I, I appreciate that for sure. Like that, That is, like, maybe one of the best compliments that we get is people are excited about the new record. And it's because they can listen to it. I, I agree. Like, I just... I never understood bands that put out, like, the same record every single time. I, I mean, it can work for bands, but I... Like there's a part of me like my favorite band Weezer or one of my favorite bands I would love for them to put out another Pinkerton but even when they do or come close like this last record it's not the same cuz you're right that nostalgia that that's who I was at that time and yeah. so it's not who I am now so I'm reaching to a memory instead of the band and so it's really nice like when when guys like you and folks say yeah this is I grew up with this and it, the music's grown up with me too that that's a huge compliment
0: yeah, I think this is uh perhaps the the most grown up Emery record. Like it, gone is kind of the youthful aggression that's not necessarily misplaced, but it's misguided. Yeah. And to me, I feel like when I listen to the record, it's it just. I don't know. I mean, I just turned thirty-four. I'm married. I have been married for a few years. Like some of my friends are getting ready to have kids. It's like this sounds like someone. At my point in life or people around our age at our, you know, this is the life they go through yeah. uh, just growing up. This feels like a very serious adult record. And I don't know. I, I, that, that's just a, a feeling and a sentiment that hasn't left me the two times listen listened to it. It just it feels it feels age appropriate, I guess, is, is the best term I can come up with for yeah. it, which is weird. But
3: no, I think that's great. And, and I'll say this too, there's still like new bands coming out that can, can, you know, be heavy or crazy or young and wild, but that, that, that hits me now and where they are at right now. You know what I mean? Like they'll change eventually, but like a first record, um, you know, I, I still will, you know, listen to some heavy stuff and I'll, I'll always check it out on Spotify, new bands or uh, heavy stuff that's coming out just to give it a listen. And it can get me to a point where I'm like, oh, yeah, man, I'm really digging this because I know it's authentic to them and where they are at right now. If we tried to do that, it wouldn't be authentic. And I think y'all could see right through it. You know, you you would see right through it. Like, th- We have to put out a record like this because it would be fake otherwise.
0: Kind of wanted to talk a little bit about the recording process, you know, working yeah. with uh, Chris, who, mm-hmm. by all accounts, is now the, the quote-unquote new guitar player, but I think yeah. he's been around for, I think, since the last record. Yeah. Um you know how is it seems like you guys like to keep everything very internal and I've often kind of wondered do you feel like that's a to your advantage or to sometimes maybe your detriment at times of not being able to maybe f- be able to f- fully realize what you're trying to do because you guys are all so
3: close to it all right um yes i think uh i think over overall because we've been a band for so long um we do know what we want but i do think sometimes it is like this this record took a long time to get done because it we were just kind of rolling it over in our head but um and then also it took us a long time because uh, we are older and we do have kids and, and we're trying to figure out when we can record and when we can fly here and when we can do this stuff. But adding Chris kind of gave us that outside. I mean, Chris did a lot of the guitar work on the record. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's and he had input where we were like, Hey, should we do this? And he goes, go, no, nah, I think it's fine this way. Whereas before it be, I'd be like and I'd wrestle with it and I go, you know, and I wouldn't feel maybe as confident in it. But when you have somebody like Chris that's come in, um, it says, I mean, he's been in, you know, bands and we've known him forever. When he comes in and says, Hey, this is this could be cool for this part, his identity isn't wrapped up as much in Emery. Mm-hmm. So he can just make a cool guitar part and then we can go yes or no. And he, he's OK with it. You know what I mean? Like with us, it's like I'm writing this lyric and, uh, you know, it, it means everything. And I want it And oh, you don't like it. Well, I, it took me five days to write this one line. Yeah, it <laughs> means so, and it, It's me that wrote it. It's about Toby. And, and, you know, so it is nice. I think getting a little bit of that, even with just one member saying, hey, well, look, what if y'all do this? And his ego isn't wrapped up in it as much or identity isn't wrapped up in as much. It's really nice. And then, um, and then we've worked a couple times, you know, with a few other people that have stretched us too, like Aaron Sprinkle or, um, Bo Bershall, who does the, um, the mixing. Um, Troy Glesner did the mastering on this record. Th- those folks give us some good input too from the outside. So that really helps.
1: And that maturity, you know, when we're talking about how all we grew up with us, grew up with us, yeah, that is meant in every sense of the word, in that I started noticing that all the way back on, um, I'm Only a Man. You know, that was the first one that, uh, you know that one that one really grabbed me because i you know obviously i loved the first two records when i was in high school because how could you not i mean you know like yeah. it's pretty much a it's pretty much a play you know but i'm only in the man was was the first one that you know for me really started introducing those more mature themes and yeah. we're dealing with situations that you know i could actually relate to um and I've i've kind of followed that um followed that through um all the way, you know, skip, skip ahead a little bit all the way to, you know, we do what we want. That record for me was such a, um, it, it's weird too, because we're talking about how like, Oh, if we decided to go heavy or whatever, it's going to be, you know, it's going to seem fake or whatever. For whatever reason, in that case, it actually worked. That was probably yeah. the m- most aggressive, yeah. uh, Emory record, you know, uh, overall. And, uh, it's interesting to me just seeing how the band has grown and kind of changed perceptives where, perceptions Sorry, um, from being almost a little bit more conservative, like being more of that Christian band, you know, starting out yeah. um, versus where it's at now, where I still think it's very much still that, if you can call it that without all the stupidity that goes with the, you know. Right. <laughs> um, but uh, do you think that, you know, like album art aside and all that stuff that we already talked about. Do you think that people still very much, you know, look to Emery for any type of spiritual guidance at all, or is that even the intent?
3: Huh. I, I'm assuming some people do, um, just because we put out ideas about God and our relationship with God. So I think some people probably look for something. I don't know if they're looking like get closer to God, I don't think, I don't think anybody's thinking about it as worship music. Like our, our last record, uh, You Were Never Alone, every single song is a story from the Bible, but it obviously would never be played in church. Like I did the stories right. as, as first person, you know, all different characters from the Bible that every single, uh, all the way to the end, which is Jesus. And um, I don't think people looked at it in a way of like um, helping their faith, but maybe it expanded their thoughts about God and what could be. So I like that. Yeah. I, I don't I don't know if I'd want somebody to look to me like that as a preacher or anything. I, I get real uh wary or I'm I'm weary of uh anybody prescribing anything these days. Like when they say you should do this, that just I almost want to get away from it. It doesn't even make sense. Like if, if you're not talking in like we or me, this is what I'm doing, or we could maybe try this, then don't don't say you. I don't I don't like it when people are saying that. So if somebody's looking to me going, hey, Emery said this and and I should do this. I I'd I'd be <laughs> careful of that for sure.
1: <laughs> so you would say there's there's definitely like not any pressure then to like deliver anymore, you know, like as far as um trying trying to deliver that experience. I know there's a lot of cuz I've been I, I've been in Christian bands and stuff and there was always this immense pressure coming from um people just to be like, "Well, you got it, you know, you have to um be inspirational. You have to be this. And so based on your answer there, I guess you're saying there is no really then for you as far as having to, having to try to be some sort of spiritual guide or, you know, anything like that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, No pressure there. I, I don't, there wasn't much pressure ever. Tooth and nail never gave us too much pressure. Like the only, the only even comment, I mean, they let us do pretty much whatever we wanted to do. Like when we left the label, it was just so we could do more on our own. Not because we dislike the label, we still work with them on the labeled podcast. We we're fans of Tooth and Nail and mm. their bands. Uh, but um, I the only, the only time we even ever had a problem or an issue with Tooth and Nail was on uh, our song "The Butcher's Mouth." We had the, we named it that because uh, they thought I guess it was my southern accent that I was saying "the bitch's mouth" <laughs> and the, the, the lyric. And I was like, "No, I." That said, makes it, that song the, ten times the more butchers. Awesome. The butcher's mouth. So I said. How about we just name the song? Because they were like, maybe we should change the lyrics. It sounds like bitches. I was like, okay, why don't we just name the song "The Butcher's Mouth"? And that way, it'll clear up. Yep, totally fine. And so that's what we did. So, because it's funny you say that, there was pressure back then. I'm sure for the label because all their money came from people going, "Uh oh, this. Uh oh, this band smokes." Or, "Uh oh, that guy might have done this with that girl," or vice versa, or you know, they can't. There was this all this weird thing outside of the art and the music. Um, that we all grew up in, which is really strange. Like you could it's crazy because churches let you play rock music, but you had to do it a certain way. Like you gotta you got a place with a sound system and kids could show up and all kinds of stuff, which is really neat. Like the church had something and then they screwed it all up by letting the youth pastor come up and preach in the middle of your set for thirty minutes. Like, what in the hell are you doing? Just Uh, let you know what I mean? Like, come on, you were so close just to like making people realize you're cool. Like the the church could have been a really cool place (laughs) that led and some churches did, you know, I'm talking, I'm generalizing here, but it's just funny. Like we, we got out of that scene pretty quickly. Like we were, we played some churches and it was great money and man, they were so nice. They give us hotels and all this stuff, but it felt so fake and so weird. And like, maybe we would have to be preachy. And I I was like, we will hide and we'll lie. We'll become bad people if we do this. So we got out of that quick and never really felt too much pressure. We just always wanted to write what we thought we should though. And, and several of our songs honor God or talk about God. It's never been an issue really. So one thing kind of speaking to
0: the bitch's mouth, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a song on this record with a, uh, sort of a reference to not that it was called the bitch's mouth, but, uh, the fact that maybe you'll actually have a song with swearing in it and emery song with oh, swearing yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, uh, I know that's been a, a question that's been beaten to death, and I kind of love the early 2000s vibe of, like, here's, like, a really long song title that actually has nothing, quote-unquote, to do with the song. Uh, so I had a good chuckle when I saw that that was – again, I can't remember the exact song title, but I know yeah. that, that was basically the sentiment of it. Um,
3: yeah, pe- people always ask me, uh, are you ever going to cuss in an Emory song? That's yeah. the name of it. Yeah. So,
0: I know you've addressed this several times over the the Bad Christian Podcast, and I think even on uh, Matt's podcast a couple of times. But, I mean, at at this day and age, other than just the the fact that I think as an artist, sometimes it's easier to – I think we can all agree that using profanity a lot of times is, is kind of a dumbing down uh, yeah. of being able to articulate yourself better. That being said, at at this point with the podcast being what it is and, and being so – brutally honest about things and including the swearing and everything. Excuse me. Um, have, have you, has there been an Emery song maybe that's not been released or has been released that where you have and you took it out. Cause it just didn't feel genuine. Maybe. I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for.
3: Uh, no, we never did. Uh, I, I just never thought we needed it. I, I, it's not that I care one way or the other. I'm sure tooth and nail would have made us take, take it out. But, um, while we were on the label, but even after that, I just never thought I needed to write, like it didn't, it didn't make anything. I thought it it sounded tougher not to say fuck, right. you know, like you can say, fuck, you know, and, and you know, and that's what you say when you stub your toe or something. But I was just thinking in my mind, when I write the lyrics, like it might even sound tougher if I don't say that, if I explain it a little bit more, or I use, you know, the lyrics this way, it, it might come across even harder or tougher or darker or meaner mm-hmm. or worse. Right. Maybe even more, you know, whatever it is, and so it never, we never ended up really. I don't think there was any song that we ever cussed in. That I mean, I might be totally forgetting something. But I don't think there ever was anything. Uh, I don't think there was ever a lyric. Um, not that, that we, I can think yeah. of. Yeah. I mean, well, I'm not, no, I, I yeah. mean obviously
0: nothing on record. But I just always. Oh wondered, yeah, yeah, no, no, You know, yeah. in, in even general, like away, yeah. okay, because it's like you know, in in the writing process, maybe you're like, eh, yeah. here's a, a holdover word or whatever, yeah. just to make it now, work.
3: Now, in that this song though, part of the reason I wrote this song um, is just because how important apparently words are now, and and uh, everybody wants to control them, and then especially like on the Christian side, and so I do reference uh, S and F yep. in this song, so uh, so I'm implying the word shit and fuck, but I don't say it like a a good Christian would say, you know, you can go F that, that's totally okay, fuck that, you're going to hell. So right. <laughs> if you just say the first letter, totally, totally fine. If you say the whole word, but everybody knows what you mean. And then the end of the song is kind of just the the global idea of if you control people's words and thoughts, then it then you actually are, are controlling them. And uh, that that's kind of where I think we're trying to hit. Like it, like especially I see it with comedy and with art, with movies, the way people are trying to control words as if they are like. It, words break bones down, not just sticks and stones, words break bones. And that's a really dangerous precedent we live in. I, I'd way rather the worst person in the world say, be able to say the worst thing in the world. So I know what they're saying. I, Oh, I get to see it. I'm going this way. We're living I'm not, in you know, you know, you know <laughs> I, I don't, I don't want a hidden alt-right guy. I want a guy that's saying this stuff. So I go, no, I know that guy's the bad guy. I know that, you know right. what I mean? I don't, I don't want somebody that hates not being able to say it out loud because I want to know what they're saying. And, That's how you get real change, I think. Like, if if you actually let people say what they really think, you might can get to them and say, wait a minute, this is, you know, don't, you're thinking this way, but what about this? You can present ideas, but if we shut everybody down, especially like in the comedy or art world, really dangerous because you're not going to get to see ideas and people will still have those ideas. You don't shut down ideas. You just shut down the amount you hear them which is really dangerous. That's how really bad things happen. When you don't know who you're dealing with because everything's hidden, you're in real trouble.
0: Speaking of uh, kind of not knowing what you're getting per se, or knowing what you're getting, uh, something that I thought has been a lot of fun since uh, the last album that you guys have been doing, or Matt more so, has been literally kind of going through the albums and kind of showing the songs in rough idea form, showing it in early demo stages and yeah. kind of as the idea evolves to what you eventually hear, you know, 45 minutes to an hour later. <laughs> What's been interesting to me. And I was thinking of this more so from the last record was, uh, some of the vocal takes that Matt will, you know, put out there where it's like, Oh, listen, oh, listen, yeah. listen, how funny you sound when you're trying to scream this, into right. this key or whatever. And then, you know, playing around with it. But, Right. What's been interesting, you know, with uh with this newer record is seeing how uh a song like, you know, everything that she offered me, um you know, just kind of seeing how just how far it evolved. And so something, you know, between doing it on the last record and doing it on this one that I kind of wondered is is it is it kind of uh is it interesting to see people's reactions to being able to see you know the the making of the sausage and you know has anyone even offered you like oh i will i think if you would have done this here or maybe this vocal idea like when you had yeah. the demo and then you're like huh that's a that's a pretty good idea i mean i know that you're kind of doing that with the vocal <laughs> the vocal right. challenge before anyone actually hears you know what you guys ended up doing on it but right it's it's one of those that i mean people are so incredibly smart and, and talented and, and I think just, you know, a quick search on YouTube or anything like that or Reddit, you know, you can find a, a wealth of talent and knowledge. So yeah. I, I feel like when you guys do things like that, that just opens the doors for more creativity maybe on your part to where maybe you're like, huh, that's a good idea. Maybe I'll, I mean, you can't take it because I mean, technically i stealing someone's idea, but, right. um, where maybe it, it inspires you to, you know, something further down the line. Like I've wondered if as a result of doing that and kind of being so transparent and even the writing process of your, your music, if it's even inspired more music as a result of it, as a result of the feedback you've gotten.
3: Um, I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure probably at least subconsciously. Yes. Um, I think that it is nice. I, I think one thing that motivates us too is that our, the Emory fans do want to hear new music. That they do like what we're doing. Like, like you guys said, like the, we have changed, but but you guys have changed too. And so the ch- our music changing and growing and maturing isn't uh, a bad thing. It's like a good thing, and and it kind of makes everybody go, what will they do next, or what could happen next, or what could you do? So I think in that that vein, yeah, I think that's what's been kind of cool. I, I do like it that uh, folks even like this little game Matt was talking about, or Like, uh, so I also do a a podcast called song rescue and we, Devin and I just talked about safe because Matt was able to talk a little bit about it, but Devin wrote the song and we wanted to go a little bit more in depth about it. So if you, if you like that song, you can go to song rescue and, uh, on iTunes or songrescue.com, check it out. But, um, it, we are able to break down the song and it's kind of neat because in the past, uh, we're always so busy or doing so much that, and there weren't podcasts so the podcast actually makes me sit down with Devin, and he explains his lyrics more deeply to me. Or he explains, you know, a lot of things to me a little bit more deeply. And so that's what's kind of neat. Like, I'm getting to hear from also from the artist a little bit more than I have on other Emirates. Like, I didn't talk to them about my, my lyrics were, uh, you know, ponytail parades or studying politics. I never talked to Matt or Devin really about that. We talked about it musically. Hey, this would fit better or change this or, uh, okay, we are going to add a bridge or a cor- You know, course here, third chord, whatever it might be. Um, but we actually talked more, too, about our decision-making, which is really cool, like hearing why Matt wrote a guitar part this way or why Devin sang this way or why I did. So that's been kind of neat within our band.
0: Yeah, it's been really kind of interesting just to kind of see that and especially <sighs> – I mean, Matt's a very unique individual. I don't think I need to tell you that. But uh, (laughs) it's always interesting hearing when he, you know, like on that uh, song where, you know, he's just talking about like, yeah, I just, you know, I want to create this song and I just want to get it all twisted into itself and play things that shouldn't be a typical arrangement. And then I go, well, fuck, man! Like, what do you? <laughs> like, you're <laughs> handing this this off to like you know Devin and Toby and expecting them to be like, all right, well, let's just see what you do, like yeah. some kind of weird experiment, and like hope that it comes out good. Like, that's kind of mean and weird. <laughs>
3: yeah, it's probably because we trust each other too, though. You know, he knows he can try something like that, and we might well go with it. So, right. That's what's so funny. Like, uh, um, on the first song on the record, it has the craziest change and I was like how in oh, the yeah. hell am I supposed to sing to this like what am I supposed to do but I just liked it so much I was like I got to do something I, I you know oh you're gonna send me this wait till you see what <laughs> I do you know what I mean like you know guys one up in each other or something like that so it works out
0: by the way I can't wait to actually get this record fully because what is it track four and five that lead into each other yeah waiting for them to load. I keep thinking oh, some, no. I keep thinking something's wrong and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with oh never mind it's it's loading the other song that it's supposed to right. piggyback up into
3: I have the same problem i I'd still only have the record in Dropbox so <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna switch I'm gonna
1: switch gears a little bit here on yeah. um moving from the band into podcasting because it's one of the things that uh that I find the most interesting about the Emory story is how you've ballooned off from just being a band yeah. to basically being this, I mean, from, you have to look at it from my perspective, almost a multimedia empire, you know? <laughs> um,
3: I mean, well, yeah, I, multimedia for sure. I don't know about the empire part. Well, yeah. <laughs> from my,
1: from my perspective, uh, because I mean, you're in a pot, you've got, you've got the bad Christian podcast is 414 episodes. Yeah, which we call in the industry a shit ton, <laughs> um, and um, you know what? Whenever you whenever you went into this, I mean, did you especially with the content, with the vision, you know? And I think the vision's been clear since the beginning, you know, yeah. of, of what you guys were trying to do. And d- did you think that it was going to like? I mean, did you think that it was going to catch on the way that
3: it caught on? Huh. No, I guess I can't say that. I thought it could do well. I hoped it would do well. I mean, I maybe thought egotistically, oh, man, we can do really good. But I didn't think it would be like this. Like, I think you're right. Like, it, it, it kind of transformed into a bunch of different stuff to where, you know, we, we we're writing books and we're uh, making records and we're trying all, you know, we're doing a podcast and we're making a documentary. Uh, it, it has been I, I didn't see all the different avenues that we would take or get to take. So that's pretty cool. Like it, it, it's kind of crazy that we get to do this. Like, uh, we, you know, Emory had, uh, was it last year or the year before? I guess it's two years ago now. Um, uh, shows in Australia, and they asked, could Bad Christian do some stuff? And I was like, whoa, Bad Christian (laughs) is going to Australia too. And so, you know, I was like, that's really crazy. Like, it, it isn't only just the band anymore. Like, Bad Christian, in some ways, has surpassed Emory. Like with, you know, some of the influence that we've had in certain circles and stuff. So that's been kind of neat to see. I didn't, I didn't think it would turn out this way. Like, like you said, it is multimedia for sure. Yeah.
1: Was there ever a, and one of the things that I was the most inspired by with Bad Christian, because I started listening, you know, way back when, um, I wasn't, you know, it was before I even ever even thought about talking into a microphone and giving it to, you know, (laughs) for people to listen to. And, um, one of the things that attracted me to it was, was the free form nature of it, you know? um Because I feel like you know, podcast. E- even though podcasts are huge now, it wasn't that long ago whenever they were basically in their infancy, as far right. as yeah. Because now they're they're people's talk radio, but they get to control it, you know. Right. And um, you know, and so a lot of a lot of music podcasts, because that's what I started with mainly was music podcasts. Yeah. And Bad Christian kind of had that because it had the Emery angle. And, right. Um, BC Music was a huge push, you know, in the beginning, and yeah. So um. You know, did you did you guys set out to do a free form podcast or was there ever any attempt to try to script it out or, um, you know, have bullet point or something like that?
3: I think we tried that and we do, uh, you know, obviously we do get together and say, hey, let's talk about this. This this." you know, we make like some sure some notes and stuff, but that's just still just general stuff. Um, I would say we thought maybe we could do something more uh, to a form, but realized we were just bad at it. So it just, it wouldn't work. And, uh, one of our strengths I think is in spontaneity. Uh, we can be kind of funny. We can, you know, we can, uh, make fun of ourselves. We can get into a fight. Uh, all those things are possible. So with each episode, you know, there's a possibility, something crazy or funny or wild could happen, which is kind of, you know, that, that works to our benefit. If you, if it's always the same thing, which I, I mean, I love podcasts. They're always the same thing. Like you said, you know, there's, there's tons of, music podcasts or history podcasts um, that I listen to that are scripted or set up, science podcasts, whatever, um, that I really appreciate and love. But um, it is nice when I get to listen to a free form. Probably, I mean, obviously the biggest, best, probably Joe Rogan, that just is going to sit down and you get to hear a real conversation with people. Um, So, yeah, I wish we were – our biggest weakness is I wish we were better at interviewing just because I think sometimes we – you know, let people off too easy or we're too hard on people. Uh, you know, I wish I was better at just having a conversation than an interview. Sometimes I go into interview mode and I wish I could just stay in conversation mode. So that, that's probably the thing we're trying to improve the most is when we have a guest on, even if we don't know them, even if we're, you know, really agree or really disagree, let's have that conversation and see where it goes. Um, and I think people, that's one of the cool things about podcasts. I think you're going to get there. Like People are understanding, wait a minute, you can disagree and it still be okay. You get to hear somebody for, you know, an hour or, or whatever, and they are just talking. That, that's really powerful because it's not scripted, so you're getting their real opinion. That's really valuable.
1: Absolutely. And do you feel like, you know, because you put yourself out there, to the extent that you have, I mean, obviously Emory did interviews and stuff and, you know, did all yeah. the press and all that, but, you know, with you guys being out there as a consistent thing every week, do you think that actually enhances the, the experience for fans? Because we can kind of go into these songs now and we feel like we know you, we feel like we know Matt we've, you know, yeah. because we you listen, I mean, listen to you now for over 400 hours, you know what I mean? It's yeah. one of those, like, Um, Do you think that that is an enhancement to it? Or do you feel like maybe sometimes the having yourself out there maybe makes people get a little too comfortable with you whenever they're, you know, whenever you're out somewhere?
3: Uh, People are pretty cool. So it it is funny when somebody walks up to you and they know a lot about you. You don't know anything about them, but they know a lot about you. You know what I mean? Or they, uh, they start making inside jokes with you or so, you know, like that. Sometimes that can be a little off putting, but it's not like I've, I don't like it. Like I, I appreciate that people feel so comfortable that they it, in a way it helps because it's immediately past any uncomfortable. Like I like your podcast or I like your band. Like that is harder than somebody making a joke. You go, Oh yeah, you listen to that episode. That was crazy. What and then you you know, it kinda is a an icebreaker in a way. So I I guess I like it overall. Most people are pretty respectful too and don't don't aren't aren't really jerks. No, you know, there's a few people out there that take things too far, but that's always, you know, small. The 1% spoils the batch sometimes. Absolutely.
0: Do you think that uh, as a result of doing the podcast, because this is something I've kind of noticed in just doing this for about a year and a half now, do you tend to find that you're more aware of how people don't listen anymore?
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I think, yeah, for sure. I'm definitely aware (laughs) of that, yeah best in, question in, in, including myself unfortunately <laughs> i realized how much how much it's so funny how much data and information we miss i mean it's really crazy like i'll go back and uh listen to our podcast sometimes i used to listen all the time and then i was like what am i doing but i'll still go back and listen sometimes listen and i go first. holy crap what a killer joke joey made or i didn't matt matt made a great point there i just talked right over it or or, or You know, oh man, I didn't realize Matt was talking over my point, and I had this thing. You know, I wanted to say it's really funny, even just within our our three on our podcast. I'm like, whoa, it! I missed so much of the podcast. It's kind of wild. Like there's large sections of the podcast. Sometimes I've zoned out, or I'm talking and not paying attention, or whatever. It is really crazy how yeah, listening isn't anybody's strength these days.
0: I was uh, just talking with uh, Jason from Bullet for My Valentine the other day, and, I mean, it was only a 20-minute in-person chat, but, you know, it was something that he was, when I asked him at the end, like, oh, plug your socials, and he's like, I don't really, I'm not really active on any of them because I, I feel like that's a problem this world has is being so wrapped up and being in a tiny screen that you're missing on the everything right. around you. And I was like, you know, I think that's one reason I really enjoy this medium and why I wanted to be a part of it in some way, shape, or form is because... I don't get this in my, my everyday anymore because it is exactly like we were just saying, people aren't listening. People are looking at a phone. They're always, excuse me. um, People are always concerned with the next thing. That's going to keep their attention. It's like, I'm I'm right here. Like, right. If you like, it's fine. If you don't want to talk about what I'm talking about, just be like, shut up. Let's talk about something else. Let's talk about, like, I don't care about sports. Let's talk about whatever. And, but I feel like just the day to day, interactions are gone and i feel like that's that to me that's that was the biggest drawing point to wanting to do a podcast um was just kind of actually having a reason to sit down and talk to someone and hear their stories because i think everybody is interesting in their own way shape or form
3: yeah yeah i totally agree it 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 has because of social media because the unbelievable thing our phones uh it has changed the way we view relationships i think I, i do wonder what this like my kids what 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 will their relationships be like? And maybe it'll be it'll be good. You know, I don't, I'm not even going to say it's going to be bad, but um, it's interesting because we can be way more voyeuristic now, and we can pop into people's lives for a moment, say something, and then pop out and have no real. Uh, you know, uh, it, 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 nothing can really bad happen to you. <laughs> you know, no, no, nothing can really uh, stick, I guess, to you. Um, you can just pop in, say this thing. Oh, you're having a baby. Yeah. You know, and you might hate that person or you don't care about their baby or, you know, whatever it might be, but you can just hop in or you can hop in say something really mean and just go, you know, walk away. There's just, you know, nothing sticks to you anymore. And so it makes it harder because in front of somebody, if you say something, you know, you have to handle it right then. (laughs) You have to talk about it. You have to figure it out. You have to either, forgive each other or fight or whatever, you know, all <laughs> kinds of things uh, that this actually, you're needed to help you grow as a human. But when you just are on, on that virtual world, it's so much easier just to hop in and out of everybody's life and not really be a part of anybody's life. Really?
0: So kind of the last few questions. So that way we don't, we're not taking up too much of your time tonight.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, kind of piggybacking off of that, as you were just saying that, that kind of made me pop this question in my head. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever talked about this on Back Christian. and I, I can't recall it, but do you feel like because of the social media world we live in, how do you feel like that's affected people's perceptions of their faith? If it does that make sense? I don't know if I yeah, asked that yeah. right, like in a good way.
3: Uh I, I, everybody now gets a voice and everybody shouldn't have a voice. I know that sounds and <laughs> terrible. But uh and I'm a proponent of everybody having a podcast. I think everybody should have one and talk. I'm I'm saying I, When I say everybody has a voice, it just means like at any moment you can hear somebody say something. And like we were just talking about, I don't. It it might not even mean anything. Like they might just be saying it to be mean or to just fake be nice or whatever it might be. And so I think the same way is people are saying things just off the cuff. Like I don't. I think a lot of the comments about our new album artwork are just somebody that saw it and immediately said something, just vomited it out. And I don't know if they're even really meaning that. Right. Like they might have just, you know, who knows if they had a bad day or they just, you know, something bad. Or maybe the guy looked at porn last night and he's feeling really mad. So he's going to take it out on Emory or something like that. <laughs> and so it, it, the way I wonder if that's how they interact with, with God, too, though, you know, like yeah. they just are they're interacting with God like, uh, oh, this is what everybody is. So this is what God is now like, oh, this, you know, uh, a thousand people liked this, uh, you know, football player that stood for the flag during the football game that must be what god is or so, you know like it, it's it's strange so i i'm worried that it's getting diluted maybe and that you don't you're just taking a a weird group of people's momentary reaction as if that is real relationship so that that's the danger there like uh, any relationship as you guys know is going to you know sometimes be a tug of war it's going to be a give and a take and um you don't have to ha- do that with Virtual reality? I don't know. It's going to get really strange in the future with, like, AI and stuff. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with all of us because if everything is just, like, all your emotional needs, your selfish needs and wants maybe even, your selfish wants and desires are met, I don't even know what it'll be like to go back to a, a organic human relationship. I don't know what that'll be like. You know what I mean? Like, when you can come home and have a robot wife or robot husband and they uh, – Love the same music you do. Love the same TV shows you do. Know the the exact joke to make you laugh. Know what you love in bed. Uh, you pop in a chip and they can play any d- drum to any song you want to play guitar to. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> like the, the, the perfect podcast co-host or whatever. You know. Once there's once there's that AI, one of y'all's gone. One of y'all's gonna be fired from this podcast <laughs> as soon as AI gets there. You know what I mean? It's really crazy. So right. I, I don't know. It, it's gonna be interesting seeing what I, I've been kind of just calling it like. Organic relationships are going to look like in the future, but like I guess maybe that's even human relationships. Uh, What those will look like and how they will be, the value they'll have. Like, what is the value of that? Because you're going to have a lot of people that's like, man, I'm working my ass off, I'm doing all this stuff, and then I got to come home and deal with this shit. Uh, Nah, I'll just I'll just stick with this, you know, uh, program or you know, like like the movie uh, Her or whatever. Like, that's not that far off. No. You, you'll be okay. You know what I mean. But like, I feel like Ex
0: Machina is not far behind it though either. <laughs> oh,
3: just not, not far at all. Because, it, I mean, all the stuff we give, we're giving people computers so much data about ourselves. Uh, I think it was Rogan talking about it, or who was somebody was talking about it on on Rogan, a doctor about how much information actually Facebook has about how we act as people mm-hmm. and what we actually care about, what we don't really care about, even though we think we do. All the information is being gathered, and so. It's going to be a, a very easy. I mean, I know there's a technologically it'll be difficult, but it'll be very easy to get you. To, a computer will be able to get you and understand you. I mean, you're, you're already seeing it with Alexa or you, you know, uh, marketing. It knows what you want. You go, okay? It's not there yet, but it will be.
0: That's why that twenty three andMe shit really freaks me out.
3: What well, like, the the. the like the to, DNA stuff,
0: yeah. Because I mean, it's like, yeah. like someone was talking about. It. They're like, "Oh, I did this thing." I was like, "Cool." So you could be framed for a murder. And They're like, "What?" Right. <laughs> and I go, "You just took a cotton swab, put it in your mouth, right? Send it somewhere." And I go, "How do you know someone's not like cool?" And
3: now you're, right? Yeah, that all you're, you're in a
1: database now, man. Like yeah, you're, 100%, yeah.
3: Your DNA is in a database.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing about Facebook and a lot of the social media stuff is everybody's like, "Well, I think it's great." You guys are complaining about a free service, a free service, but we do pay for it with our information oh well we just don't know yet how we're
0: paying for it. right and i don't oh,
1: want to, i don't want to get metaphysical and say we pay for it with our souls or whatever but like you know right. but i mean it to a certain in a way point, and yeah. yeah you know the fact that they know what i like i mean seriously like me and john will be having conversations you know about stuff on messenger yeah oh, and shit, i hope
0: they don't look at those
1: well although some of those are hilarious uh <laughs> but uh no, but, like, you know, we'll be having a conversation about, like, hey, man, are you drinking, you know, Night Owl beer or what are you whatever? Yeah. And then, sure as shit, man, a, you know, a day later, I've got those ads. Right. On my, on
0: my Facebook feed. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it just...
3: happens all the time. Uh, did y'all get the uh, presidential no, alarm today no, on your phone? I apparently I was it. not one it. of the— I got it.
0: One of the, oh, well, apparently I'm going to die now, so. Well, yeah. it
1: scared the shit out of me because I was on a ladder uh, drilling some, <laughs> drilling some stuff up on a garage door, and I'm like— just I'm having trouble getting the screen. Suddenly it was like,
2: eh, I like, know. Oh.
1: you know, like I almost almost I fell backwards off the thing. And then I was like, oh, I got all I got all scared about something that doesn't even matter. You know, I know. <laughs> I mean, what, I, what I, is thanks.
0: Trump going to be the new thing we all say. <laughs> all <right. laughs> thanks. Trump. It was
3: funny. I, I was talking to Matt on the phone. It came through. It came through on his phone, too. And it stopped all sound on my phone for like 10 seconds. Oh, wow. so we couldn't we couldn't even hear each other. And I was like, man, that's really crazy. There's probably a decent chance that today somebody was on the phone with somebody dying, oh, talking shit. to them, and Aww. Trump interrupted. <laughs> oh. And the, la- the la- they didn't get to say the last words they wanted to say, or you know what I mean? Or, or like somebody might have died hearing that alarm today, right. just as a yeah. test or whatever. I, I mean, and that means it just goes through no matter what. And I, a lot of people are saying, I didn't even check, but a lot of people are saying you can't opt out if you're in. No. Like you can't even yeah. opt out. No. Golly, what a crazy time we live in. I wouldn't want to live in any other time uh in history i love it that i got to grow up and see the 80s the 90s and now it's so wild i love it but um it is it is a crazy time with information with privacy what that all looks like and then and then you're right like and then the opposite side of that is you're you're getting so much more too like with podcasts then you know the technology of podcasting is amazing anybody on earth can talk to anybody and you can hear some real shit that's pretty cool yeah
0: so, uh, pre orders for uh, Eve uh, go live on Friday, uh, the 5th, as of when we're yep. doing this. Uh, what are some of the bundles that you guys are going to offer? Do you do you have that all figured out yet?
3: <sighs> Reva does. I don't know if I know, um, <laughs> to be honest. You can just go to like com or I wonder if it, I don't think it'd be Eve.com. Yeah, go to adamandeve.com Ooh, to find out my <laughs> promo code, Bad Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. We'll send, you, we'll send you. We'll send you a so gift down. too explicit to even talk about. <laughs> if you liked the cover, <laughs> wait till you see our website. We have an inter- uh, We have the interactive cover for only five hundred dollars. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I think the uh, the website PR. is called uh, LP Seven or Emory LP Seven, something like that. But you can go and find out about it and uh, get everything um, there. Yeah. Just, or when it comes out, just stream it as much as you can on Spotify. That definitely helps us
0: and then iTunes, uh, Spotify, follow that. where can people find you and or the band
3: yeah uh best place probably facebook or our instagram uh, i would love it anybody listening to join our bad christian pod instagram i've been trying to grow that um we do l- little funny bits and stuff on that so you can, uh Instagram's a good spot to find us um yeah it's bad christian pod or you can go to emory official instagram or find us on facebook that'd be good and, yeah and listen to the bad christian podcast
0: and then, Join the BC Club. Yeah. And then lastly, uh, I always like to end these episodes out with a song. So, what would you like me to end it out to?
3: Hmm. End it with Safe.
0: All right. Well, Toby, thank you very much for coming on and talking with us tonight. And uh, again, the new record Eve comes out November 9th. And uh, go check out everybody on the Bad Christian Roadshow with Emery Sherwood. BC Pod, Tyson Matzabacker, yep. and Vocal Few tour starts November 11th in Nashville, Tennessee, and ends November 17th in Louisville. So Dan, maybe you can head over there and go catch a show.
1: Hey, Louisville's five hours for me, man. Hey,
0: make make the trip.
1: <laughs> I, I, I just drove five hours to see Zeo in Indy. Yeah, so like no excuses, no excuses. I got no I got no <laughs> gas, man.
0: All right. Oh, well, thanks again, and uh, yeah, thank you again. So that was our chat with Toby Morell of Emory and Bad Christian Podcast, Dan. You are a part of that conversation.
1: I know. Holy shit, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I won't get a text from Alfonso going, like, where was Dan?
1: Yeah, Dan just—he's just—he's just not attached. He's a—he's a part-time podcaster. That's his problem. But no, um, man, that was a good chat. Like, good and long. Those are my favorite types of chats. And um, you know, I mean, you know, it's kind of like you get three podcasters in the room. It's bound to happen. It's it's bound to take that long.
0: Yeah, I uh, it was funny because, like, when we – leading up to the, the chat, you know, I know you and I had been messaging each other with, like, questions we had and so on and so forth. And, like, I was kind of nervous, you know, to have Toby on, not because I think I thought it was going to be bad, but just more so that – it would almost be like if we had Joe Brogan on the podcast to me. Like, I think, you know, like you said in the yeah. conversation, Bad Christian is at the level where – you know, a lot of people who are into music and interviews, uh, I think and you know, and maybe are into religion side of things as well. I don't think it's out of the realm of, of plausibility to say that, you know, a lot of us hold bad Christian in a high regard for what they do. And so to me, even when I was listening back to this chat after we did it to like edit the episode, I was like, I feel like I'm listening to a bad Christian podcast, but it it's not a bad Christian podcast. It's 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 our podcast, and to me, right. that was very surreal. Um,
1: well, yeah, I mean, just like you know, you've listened to 400 hours of this dude's voice, and now he's talking to us and answering our questions, and uh, it's different. It's a different experience, you know. And uh, but I like too that it wasn't it wasn't stiff at all. It was just very like just open to talk about anything you know whatever stupid question i could come up with you know in the moment or whatever but i mean it was all it was all handled with with extreme like respect and care and um like i said man i think i think when people listen to this they're going to think it's you know one of our one of our better interviews just because of how real it all was
0: it's definitely one of our best sounding interviews all the way across the board um i mean i guess that's the perks of having somebody who has really good equipment to, uh, yeah like
1: I said three podcasters basically you know yeah. we've all done this before
0: yeah yeah it was uh, I don't know it, it, it's still very surreal um I think there like are a handful of guests that you know when I started this podcast I, I eventually wanted to have on and you know getting toby on I mean it's like honestly I probably Maybe I'm underplaying the, the value of my own show, our own show, however you want to spin that. Um, but to me, Toby, Matt, the collection that is Emery, they don't need to come on this podcast to talk about their record. They don't need to go on other podcasts, typically. you know. I mean, unless it's a, the same level or higher than what they're currently doing. And, I mean, like Toby said... When Emery was going out to Australia, someone was like, hey, can you bring Bad Christian with you? And it's like, so a podcast is being asked to come out in addition to the band. I mean, I think that speaks to the level that that podcast is at. So very much my point. Emery doesn't need, the the members of Emery don't need to come on this podcast. And that that's not lost on me. But like some people have said, at some point you need to not downplay what you're doing or what you bring to the table. And I think that's still harder for me because I just, you know, as you'll eventually hear me say in the uh, Porter McKnight interview where he was, I was like, Oh, you know, I've taken this podcast so much further than the, the year and a half of when the last time I talked to you and he goes, where have you taken it? And I go, well, I'm still literally staring at a wall, <laughs> the same wall uh, that I was when I talked to you last time. So literally I have taken it nowhere, but in, you know, in, in every other sense of the word, I, I've taken it kind of further, um, but it's still one of those things where when you get to talk to some of the people who inspire you to, to do the thing that you're doing to pursue the passion that you are in the midst of, it's still very humbling. I mean, I know that I felt that way when I had Doc Coyle on because to me, even though Doc Coyle hasn't been associated with his podcast all that long, to me, you spend an episode listening to doc or an interview with doc and he is so well articulated in his thoughts and just, he has good interviews and good, good conversations with people and that it is, it inspires me to want to be on that level. And tonight, you know, doing this episode with Toby, I think was one of those experiences for me where I was like, okay, guess I'm on the level to get someone of this nature who, who is a professional podcaster. That is one of the things that they do to make money outside of a real job and to not feel like I wasted their time was kind of surreal.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just being given the time of day and it being like an actual serious thing. It's not like a favor they're doing to us, you know, I, I, like I said, I love it, man. I love the, I love the candid conversation and I I love just the, uh, I don't know. I love the candid conversation. I love the, just the back and forth. I don't know. Like it's hard to put a feeling or put a, put a word on it to describe it. If you haven't experienced it, you know what I mean? Just like, it's not even that, like, I feel like I'm on the same level as like a Toby or anything like that. That's not what I'm, what I'm getting at. But it's just being given the time of day is a, is a good feeling.
0: Yeah, I guess that's that's more or less a very, instead of the three-minute long diatribe I just went on, I guess that's the more concise way to say that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just, again, just being given the time of day, being treated, you know, like with respect. And, and like I said, every every question that we asked, even if it was dumb, was just handled with the utmost care and – And an actual thought, like, you know, there was a little bit of, let me think about that for a second. Or, you know, I I love that. It's so much better than than getting just canned answers from people that, you know, I have to make sure I say this exact thing on every single interview that I do because it's all about brand recognition.
0: I think the thing, the biggest thing we had going for us is the fact that the album artwork had just come out a day before. So a lot of this a lot of this not scandal a lot of this these issues fans were having are still very omnipresent for Toby the band the Bad Christian podcast and so forth and I, honestly i didn't know we were going to spend 35 minutes talking about that just the just the album artwork but you know like i said when i went back and listened to the the interview nothing felt like you said nothing felt forced nothing felt like we were harping on any one thing like it just it, it flowed really well and I think that's the thing that sometimes when you get a longer form chat like this it, it's just it's, it's like lightning in a bottle kind of like you're just like wow holy shit and part of me at first like when I was when we were done with the chat I kind of was like well we didn't really talk about the record a whole lot I don't feel like but then when I went back and listened to it I was like but we we talked about it in an abstract way that I feel like still makes you want to hear this record if you've not heard it.
1: Yeah, I mean people are definitely missing out if they haven't heard it, you know? Like it's a it's a big thing.
0: Um
1: <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, I know I know it sounds so stupid, but like it's more than just the artwork controversy. You know, and I think that's what's eating up all the press about it right now. And I think that's almost doing it a disservice.
0: Yeah, I think uh the fun thing about this chat is I feel like it's really indicative of, uh, this corner we've turned in the last couple of episodes, um, you know, the episode, even though it was only a 20 minute episode with, a uh, or 20 minute chat, I should say, with, uh, Jason Bold of Bullet For My Valentine, uh, looks like we're going to be talking to JS from Pitch Shifter, um, which, very unexpected, um. You know, I, like I've been saying, I have the interview with Porter McKnight from a tree already in the can, and I got a, I'm got still working on the audio issues from my chat with Vincent from the Acacia Strain. Um, unfortunately, I just don't think there's really any way of salvaging the interview having a bunch of band background noise, um, which sucks. But I think at this point, like I said, you know, if you've heard the fill that remain fill that remains – if you've heard the Phil from All That Remains, that's his old uh, Twitter handle, I believe, um, or it still is. Um, but if you've heard, you know, the episode I did with Phil from All That Remains, if you heard the episode I did with Blothar from GWAR, you know, you, I think at this point you just kind of understand background noise is just going to happen. But it's it's still, contrary to what it may seem like, it it does actually bother me uh, when you can hear it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And uh, it also looks like as far as we just got to line up uh, the time, but Dan and I will probably be talking with uh, Mark from Chimera about the upcoming documentary that he is putting out called Down Again. And, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of great interviews that we, we've done and are doing and about to do. And I, I feel like it's one of those things where, I don't know, I just feel like we're hitting, this, this show is just hitting an interesting stride right now um, I don't know why I feel like it's happening right now, but I feel like we're just in this really locked zone of, of just putting out good quality content, and uh, it's got me excited. Uh, it, it's kind of like, you know, we're at the we're at the tail end of this year, um, and I feel like, you know, by all accounts, like it looks like we're just going to be doing a lot of cool shit from here on out, and uh, I guess that's the point. I mean... I hate to compare it to the Bad Christian podcast as a whole, but I mean, like, something that I really enjoyed about Bad Christian was just, like, when comparing what I wanted a podcast to be, just seeing how they were just consistently growing and and making quality content, that's what I wanted to do with this podcast. And I feel like having Toby on kind of is that benchmark, like, where it's like, okay, I'm going to put my flag here, and this is how far I've come at this point. And, you know, we're a year and a half into this podcast, you know, lifespan and it's like, okay, I just got someone on that like made me want to do this. There's, there's the flag like in this long journey of hopefully this long journey of, of where the podcast goes.
1: Yeah, man, I hope it's a long journey. I hope we're talking. To, <clears throat> I hope it's a long journey and you know, I hope that we're going to be talking about our 400th episode, you know, um, at some point. You know, and it just be a, a really natural thing, you know, and just uh, hopefully people really, um, hopefully, people are going to latch onto it and the stuff that we're bringing, you know, hopefully, uh, people find it interesting and enjoy listening to us talk about it, you know, on top of that, not just participating in the conversations, but having conversations on top of it.
0: And if you would like to keep up with everything going on with Emory and their rollout for their new record Eve, which comes out November 9th, uh, just head over to emorymusic.com. Uh, you can find the pre-orders that are going to be going up or have gone up at this point. Uh, when we put this out, the pre-orders should, will have gone up uh, a couple of days before. Um, but if you would like to keep up with Emory, you can go ahead and do such at facebook.com. Emory, Instagram, as you heard Toby said, they want to build up their Instagram page. Go to emoryofficial, and that's also the Twitter handle. If you would like to keep up with Toby himself, you can find him on Facebook at you should be able to find him, <laughs> if so inclined. Uh, and if you want to find him on Instagram, it's under the Unstoppable Badass. His other podcast that he has. And if you would like to follow him on Twitter, you can do such at Toby Toby Joy Joy, all one word, no spaces, uh, for you Ren and Stimpy '90s fans. And Dan, where can people follow you?
1: You can follow me on Twitter. At Discuss Metal Dan, you can uh, find me on Facebook under Daniel Terry, and uh, my other podcast, Discography Discussion, you can find at DiscussMetal.com.
0: And if you would like to keep up with all things the podcast, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, shit, I forgot to do all the other things, hold on. And if you would like to keep up with our show sponsor, you can find The Bean Bastard over at TheBeanBastard.com. The Bean Bastard on Facebook and Instagram. And if you would like to keep up with our show partners over at Mosh Pit Nation, you can do such at moshpitnation.com. Facebook is simply Mosh Pit Nation, West capital MI. Twitter and Instagram are moshpitnation as always. And if you would like to keep up with all things the podcast, you can do such at Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Johnson Title Podcast. Tweet at us at Johnson Title Pod and email us at johnsontitlepod at gmail.com. We're going to end this episode as we always do with a song. And as you heard Toby say, he wanted us to play it out to Emery's newest single, Safe. So again, if you dig this song, go and grab their record. It comes out November 9th via Bad Christian Music or Emery Music, however you want to look at that. Um, and if you want to look at the album cover, feel free to do that. Leave a comment, whatever. Do such over at the Instagram page, though. Uh, help them grow that. And uh, once again, thanks to Toby Morell for coming on. Honor, the privilege was all ours over here. So without further ado, here is Emery, and we will talk to you next time.
4: You could always see yourself and me A brand new way to live vicariously I wanted to show you the world Through my eyes But you had to let me go Just let me go So I could live my life We used to look at the stars Dream of the days We would find something more Somewhere along the way the smile left your face and life set in It changed everything We used to look at the stars